This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A Athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country, Eric Cohen and Shane Dale on what is going to be a very football-centric show, considering uh, Shane and I were at the spring game last Saturday, and there's a lot to talk about from that. Plus, our guests tonight are awesome. Yogi Roth from the Pac-12 Network and former Wildcat quarterback Willie Tuitama recaps uh, his experience with Rob Gronkowski at the Arizona spring game. But before that, Shane, you and I were there. We sat out there in the somewhat Tucson heat. It was cool to see Gronk interacting with the with the student section. Your overall thoughts of the spring game environment that uh, at Arizona Stadium? Well, first of all, we got quote tweeted by Gronk. Took a nice photo of of him celebrating uh, celebrating touchdown uh, in the first quarter. So that was cool. Uh, and I also want to give a shout out to uh, to a, a very loyal uh, listener, Winston Dan, who gave us uh, both a nice gift. Very generous. Photo with us. So, yep, so yep. we do have a fan. I met my fan. I'm very so I can I can die happy now. Uh, I appreciate him saying hello. No, it just as far as being there, it, it felt somewhat normal. You know, people were wearing masks, sort of wearing masks. You know, if you're sitting down, you're with people, you know, who cares? But uh, wear masks. I'm, I'm I'm just kidding. That's we didn't do that. Um, but it, it was fun. It was it was lighthearted. I mean, it's not like you're going to see like any really uh, top secret stuff during the spring game. Right. Uh, I was impressed by with some of the things we saw. I think uh, Gunner Cruz made some fantastic throws. Our guy Stevie Rocker made had some great runs. There was one in particular. There was like a five yard run, but he made a bunch of guys miss. Uh, but how deep can you dive into a, a, the spring game and say, okay, these are the starters, especially when you have guys who aren't on the team yet. You really can't, but I think it was more about getting fans excited for the upcoming season. And you would think that would be Jed Fisher's tallest task considering the way the season went, the way the season ended. And I think it has been, but I think he's done everything he possibly can from Gronk breaking the world record uh, to uh, Adia Barnes and and Tommy Lloyd doing the, the pregame tip off in lieu of a coin flip to Gronk and Bruski being the head coaches of both teams. He's done everything right, and I think that was capped by the spring game, and I enjoyed the heck out of being in that stadium again. Yeah, I did too. It was it was really a, a fun experience to be there, and and just yeah, I mean the game was secondary, as you said, but as spring games go, and we'll we'll talk to Yogi about this, and and maybe uh, Willie will comment it, uh, comment on it as well. You know, uh, as spring games go, that one had to be the most I don't want to say celebratory, but you know, it just rejuvenated the program. I mean, to have 220 plus players, uh, former players be there and uh, for Jed Fish to include Teddy Bruschi and, and Rob Gronkowski, two of the most famous football alums. And, and I mean, it was just a, a wonderful scene. It's too bad more people weren't in the stadium, obviously with COVID and, and the restrictions, but it was, it was impressive. Now, what we're talking about on the field, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, Shane. I don't think they're going to be very good this year, based on what I saw. And I know not everybody's there. That's a that's I a saw, huge hot take, Eric. That's a big take from you. I don't think they're going to be real good. Uh, Gunner Cruz no. was not bad. I uh, was not impressed with Will Plummer one bit. Uh, he did not. Uh, it was his accuracy. I know 
I know uh, he played better in previous scrimmages, but in that particular game, I thought he was pretty bad. Um, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he, I hope he improves, but he wasn't great. Um, the receivers are really good, uh, yeah. really deep. Uh, and, and Majon Wright wasn't even there. So, uh, that impressed me running backs, including our, our buddy, Stevie Rocker, impressive. Uh, the offensive line wasn't bad. The defense is going to be, you know, is what it is, but I mean, we have to, we have to control our expectations based on what we saw, Shane, like you can't. We can't pull a Joe Tafoya and say this team must be in a bowl game this year. I just don't think that's fair. I think it's important to remember that yes, the season ended horribly and 70 to 7 was in no way acceptable. But if you go back a few weeks, they almost knocked off you at sea at home. So yeah. what I'm what I'm saying is there is some potential there. Now, obviously, we have some turnover. Grant Gannell's gone. That's the biggest deal. And some other guys are gone. I think Overall, Jed Fish has gained more than he's lost, assuming, and it's a big assumption, that there is a power five quarterback on this roster. And the guy who might end up being a starter, Jordan McLeod, hasn't even been part of spring practice. We haven't gotten to see him yet, even though I think he was at the spring game. I want to talk a little bit, though, about the most important – the thing I, I am impressed about the most with Jed Fish, and that's his humility. He's humble enough to honor and recognize the guys who came before him you know, every coach wants to build their own identity around a program, right? And and Jetfish will do that. You know, he'll he'll have time to do that. That doesn't mean you have to ignore the men who came before you. You know, Jed wearing a, a Dick Tomey style jacket at spring practice, yep. and we were both wondering why is he wearing a jacket in 90 degree weather. Turns out, as he was, you know, he was it was a a Dick Tomey style jacket. You know, inviting over 200 alumni who he didn't coach back to the program they helped build. Jetfish knows. The best way to establish your own legacy is to start strong, especially the program that, def- that that needs that energy. And the best way the best way to do that is to embrace the aspects of the program that fans remember most fondly. I'm sure Jed's a proud man. I'm sure he wants to build his own legacy, but I'm glad he's not too proud to do what he's done so far. And something that his predecessors never seem interested in doing, and it has rejuvenated this program as much as it possibly can without actually getting a W to this point. Yeah, it's really uh, just amazing to see where we've come from December and 70 to 7 to now where, you know, we are, you know, actually excited about the future of Arizona football. It's really, really remarkable. And, you know, Jed Fish is, I don't think any coach in the history of college football or any sport has come in and made such an impact off the field. You know, we don't, they, they could be 0-12 again. We don't know. But I, I don't think they will be. But you know, Jed Fish has brought a renewed enthusiasm to a program that was lifeless. I mean, the fact that, you know, we'll, we'll talk to Willie about it, about his experience. Uh, and I'm very curious to hear what he has to say uh, about coming back and, and interacting with his old teammates. And then Yogi Roth, who's seemingly covering every uh, Pac-12 spring game for Pac-12 Network. We'll see how this one compares. But Jed Fish thus far, I mean... If you give him anything but an A plus for the casual fan from what we've seen, explain why. I mean, right now he has been brilliant. Well, when's the last time you had guys like Adam Schefter and Kirk Herbstreet mm-hmm. retweeting and quote tweeting and talking about Arizona football and in a positive way, no less? Uh, I think the last time Kirk Herbstreet had anything to do with Arizona football was when they were out here for game day back in yep. uh, 2015. That was the last time Arizona football was relevant, so it's so it's fitting. Uh, 2017 they did okay with Cool Tape for a while, but that was it. So you can't, 
buy that kind of positive press. And I'm interested to see if that's going to make a difference to recruits because you know, if recruits really care, if some recruits pick schools based on uh, who does the best, the best job creating like a, a graphic for them on social media, don't you think they'd care about this as well? Didn't it look like so much fun when Gronk catches that ball from 600 uh, some odd feet in the air and everyone goes to mob him. Everyone's got their phones out, taking video, and Gronk is given this big, you know, rallying the troops afterwards and talking about how you've got to raise it to the next level. And I just raise it to the next. You can't buy that kind of that kind of press. And it's not something Jed's going to be able to do year round, but he's definitely put this program on the map in a way that that his predecessors weren't able to do. And that I I don't think any other program. I don't know if any other program Eric has really done that in the spring like Arizona football has. Do you? No, I, I can't remember it. I can't remember anyone having this much buzz. And I know we're closer to it because we talk about it on a weekly basis. But right. it's just really remarkable to see what, what Jed has done. And I want to talk about that that Gronk world record catch, as you mentioned, Shane. I mean, the exposure, the idea to do that, and then the exposure that, as you mentioned, it got with the retweets from Colin Cowherd to uh, uh, Herb Street to Adam Schefter. I mean, you can't buy that much exposure. And I think, you know, we'll ask Yogi and we'll ask Willie about this. When you're, if you're a recruit and you're watching this, what is the impact that seeing that and the fun environment that everybody's having have on you, you know, as someone considering wanting to play it at Arizona? You know what I want to know is how many opportunities was Gronk going to get? He caught it a ball in his third try. Did they agree? Okay, we can do this a dozen times. Are we going to keep doing it until it gets dark? I'm glad it didn't come to that. I'm just curious. I, I wish I had a chance to ask Gronk about that. Uh, hey, for next year's uh, spring game, I'm thinking uh, honorary coaches, Nick Foles versus Antoine Kaysen. What do you think? There's no way you can have Kaysen as, as one of the coaches. And, and I really appreciate what Antoine did. He was a Jim Thorpe Award winner. He's a wonderful player. But he doesn't have the exposure of a Brewski or a Gronk. Well, how, and how, how many players does Arizona have in, uh, in its alumni who do have that kind of exposure? I mean, those are the top two, right? So uh, who I mean, else are you going to go to? Well, Foles would be up there just because he was a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, right. his, his star is not as bright. I mean, Gronk just won the Super Bowl. He's a, arguably the best, the best tight end in the NFL history. Uh, Brewski's an ESPN analyst and, and what, three-time Super Bowl champ? But that's why. I mean, if, if Brewski wasn't on ESPN, it wouldn't have as much, you know, for us – uh, fans, it it would, but nationally it wouldn't. So I think Foles, and I mean, if you get Gronk back, that's what you want. I mean, you want you get Gronk and Brewski back every year. They want to do it, as far as I'm concerned. And maybe you throw Foles in. There. So, so maybe, so maybe Gronk Brewski two, Gronk Brewski three. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that's it. And listen, we all know the outcome of the game. I, I, nobody, nobody knows who won or whatnot, and and all that. Did you did you see though? Did you see that um, the the I guess the losing team got like a loser's meal ticket. Yeah, for like yeah. one free snack or something, and they say if uh, food's also available for purchase at a food truck. I love that. So there, there was some some measure of uh, of, of celebration for the winners, I guess. Yeah, I mean it was kind of cool how they did that. And and listen, I mean, great job by Arizona to do that. And I, I want to say this: one thing we have not touched on yet. So you had mentioned that uh, Tommy Lloyd and and Adia Barnes were did the opening tip, so to speak. Talking about the ovations in the stadium, Tommy Lloyd got a nice ovation, but Adia Barnes, Shane. Amazing. Wow. It, it sounded like a lot more than 5,000 people there. It really it was, did. It was great to see. It was great to see. And, and I love that, that we were sort of on the ground floor on Wildcat Country. The first iteration of this show back in uh, 17 
talking to Adia Barnes, I think in season two about building this program. And it's great that we were sort of at the beginning of that and the women's basketball team, the women's basketball coach getting a bigger elevation than the men's basketball coach. I mean, I, I know we don't like to compare them, but that was an instance where I think it's, it's fair to compare because they were mentioned back to back by our buddy, Jeff Dean, the PA guy. And uh, so I, hopefully Tommy Lloyd will be worthy of those kinds of ovations soon, but it was great to see Adia get the ovation that, that she did. And hopefully that will translate to more fans in the seats next season. And hopefully we'll have an opportunity to have a full house in McHale for both men and women's basketball next season as well. I agree. I, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, it was, it was really cool to see that great job by the football team. Great job by Jed fish. So let's talk to Yogi Roth from PAC 12 network. And then Willie Tuitama, former wildcat quarterback to find out their thoughts on the spring game, what they experienced this weekend in Tucson and thoughts for the program going forward here on wildcat country. We are excited to bring back the star of the Pac-12 Network, and yes, yes, he is Yogi Roth, who is a uh, you know the, the fo- number one football analyst and and you know broadcaster for them. He's everywhere during the spring games, you know, getting rave reviews on Twitter, and he does a great job. I mean, from what I from what I've seen, uh, always and this spring, you do a great job, Yogi. So glad to have you on again. But you were also one of our most successful podcasts earlier, a few months ago, when you were telling us about Jed Fish, who's one of your buddies, and uh, you kind of kind of broke the news of what Jed Fish was really about after seeing his first spring camp. How impressed are you with what's going down at the University of Arizona? Yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, number one, thanks for having me on, guys. I, I enjoy coming on. It's always fun dialogue. Uh, I, I think for me, I, you saw it coming. You know, we talked about that. Uh, did we see Gronk breaking a world record? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, not many people probably did other than Jed when he came up with the idea. But he's had a vision to be a head coach, and he had a real plan. And I know it wasn't a sexy choice, and rightfully so, because he hadn't been a head coach before. I know that people had a lot of questions about what does he know about Arizona football, rightfully so. Uh, But what we've learned since he showed up is that he knows a lot about Arizona football. He knows how to stoke the fire of fans. He knows how to most importantly motivate players and re-engage alumni. All the things that go into building a program – I believe he's done. Like he's, I, I've said it in all seriousness. The blueprint for a coach when they take over a program has just been rewritten by Jed Fish. I, I just believe it. What else, what else could you do for a team that by kickoff, it'll be 713 days, I think, since they won a game by the time they played BYU. And it feels as though they're coming off a Pac-12 title to a certain degree. Like there is juice around the program. So I am not surprised. I am definitely impressed. And for a guy who's done spring football, for over 20 years now other than playing this is probably one of the more exciting spring games that i've been a part of yeah i was going to ask you yogi uh, this the overall show the jetfish and arizona football put on last weekend from gronk's world record catch to the pregame tip between tommy lloyd and adia barnes to uh, gronk and teddy bruski being there uh have you seen anything similar to that in the last few years or however long you've been covering football in terms of just making it such a show I don't think with as much purpose, you know, I think other places, things happen that are really cool. You know, I, and I think what, you know, when I think about what Jed did over the weekend, he went from national uh, to micro, right. He, he, he spanned it from what um, Colin Cowherd and Adam Schefter tweeting out the Gronk thing to right. local fans. You know, I went to breakfast in the morning talking about it, buzzing about it uh, 
a little breakfast spot, you know? So I, I think, and everybody in between, right. You're referencing the new basketball coach and Tommy Lloyd. And, and of course, you know, what Adia and her, and her program did. I, as I think back on it, like Jim Mora had um, Miss Val as a coach who's like their, you know, hall of fame gymnastics coach who's since retired. Uh, so he had, and I think the softball coach you say at the time, so he's done stuff like that before we've seen celebrities on sidelines. When I was SC, it was awesome. Right. Will Ferrell will be there for a spring game, but never with as much purpose. And I think that's the point of Jed of whether they're running outside zone or play action pass or their spring game, like everything has great purpose, right? Even to how they, you know, construct the videos of their tweets, like they're not letting any stone kind of go unturned or just roll it out there. And I think when I've talked to alums, you know, I just had Jason Johnson on my podcast. Right. I talked to a lot of alums when they're in there. Teddy being a, obviously one of the greatest ones. The common sentiment was, man, it looks organized. Now, I, haven't, I wasn't at a ton of Rich Rod practices or a bunch of Kevin Sumler practices, so it's not a disparaging note against them. But the big takeaway was how organized everything is. And for, for me, when I was at practice, you know, we, we all know they've got, they've got a journey to climb to win the title. But the structure was there. And I always believe this. I learned this from Coach Carroll. He would always say, if my best friend showed up at practice in football, I'd want him to say, while your team plays with great energy, great enthusiasm, and wow, they play smart. And I walked into practice, and I told Jed this the following day when we hung out, because we drove from his house to the facility at 5 a.m., uh, filming this feature for the Pac-12. So that, that's what it felt like to me. Like as your friend, a guy who's known you, watching practice. I, I didn't say well, NFL talent everywhere. I said, wow, great enthusiasm, great energy, really organized. Your team plays smart. And I, and I would bet if you polled the people who went to practice that no ball, they, they would say that. I, and, and maybe you guys would, would say that too. I'd be curious. And if you didn't, I'm sure I'd be curious why, why you didn't as well. Well, we'll talk about the team and what you thought of the team because I, you know, Shane and I were down there and we, we watched the game and, you know, we have our thoughts. But I, I want to ask you, did you talk to any of the other alumni that were there, the 200 plus former football players that were there? And if so, what were their thoughts on what they've seen thus far from Jedfish? Yeah, for sure. It, it was a really fun part of the job. Um, just talking to people, whether it was at the airport or, you know, afterwards or in social and DMing guys, uh, they were really excited. You know, I went to, an, uh, they called it a scheme and eat where, uh, you know, they'd go to meetings and you know, players would go to meetings uh, with their coaches and then the other half would meet with Gronk and then they flipped it. And then they had all the alumni and all the players, all the alumni and all the players meet in the indoor and they had Teddy and Gronk talk to them and I got to be there. It's going to be part of the feature. And Teddy said something that I'll never forget. He said, hey, all the alumni stand up in the back, stand up in the back. And he talked to the players. He goes, hey, Jed's mantra is it's personal. He goes, I'm going to add to that. He said, it's personal for life. And he goes, turn around. And he had all the current players, I think 87 of them, turn around and look at 220 plus alumni. And he said, we have your back. We have your back when you win, when, we, when you lose, we have your back. And I, I just felt like the alumni there were like, when they listened to, of course, Teddy and Gronk, but Jed specifically, they were like, yeah. All right, it's our program. And, and I think every program goes through ebbs and flows. And there's reasons why alumni are connected and why they're not. And I don't know the previous reasons why it wasn't like this. But I, I believe that every alumni walked out of there saying, we got a chance. And we believe yeah, it. 
it's just it's as you said earlier it's remarkable just seeing the transition you know from 70 to 7 in early december to where we are now i mean everybody even people that don't like football are excited about it just like women's basketball for arizona when adia and and airy made that run and the team made that run everybody got on board and i kind of feel like that's what we're seeing with football as well now the one problem is when you look at the talent on the field what did you think sitting up there in the press box at Arizona Stadium? Well, I went back and watched the film, too. And it's not like they, uh, they were terrible last year. You know, I mean, I, I think the 70-7 to 7 game has us thinking like, oh, man, this team is so far away. They're, they're not that bad. Like, you go back and watch UCLA, Colorado, UW, obviously SC, and they're not getting rolled off the field. So I think it's important to note that because I think the nature of the job perceptually is Herm and his, the big figure he is and 70 to seven. And of course that's the last thing that everybody thinks about is the last game of the year. Right. Um, so with, with that said, it, it's not like they have no talent. Number one, uh, they don't have the talent that I'm going to see, you know, at, you know, over the weekend at Oregon and UW, like, and, and no one's going to say that they do right now, but I don't think they're going to, walk into a game and just get rolled. I think they're thin at certain positions, right? But it, I mean, I could break down every one if you want, but I, I look at them defensive front wise. Trayvon Mason is going to be, has a chance to be one of the better, if not the top interior defensive linemen in the conference. I mean, he's a true big NFL prospect, man. Uh, J.B. Brown, Keon Bars, Jalen Harris, all those guys can play Pac-12 football. Right? I'm not saying they're going to be Kayvon Thibodeau or Drake Jackson, but they could play, right? And, and to say that they can, I think, you know, would be a disservice. Linebackers, they, the, the help is coming, right? They're thin there. We all, we all know that. In the secondary, I think Christian Young um, and this group in the back end, they got two corners that are real corners, real Pac-12 corners, Christian Roland Wallace and Isaiah Rutherford. Right? Anthony Pandy clearly is a productive backer. So it's not like they don't have anybody. They don't have the depth. They have 87 players on the roster. By comparison, I'm at Washington this weekend. They have 113 players, right? And a freshman class coming. Now, Arizona has 31 guys coming, I believe. But I I think just like the state of this year of teams that are really mature is probably not the best thing for Arizona when you look at all the talent coming back from their opponents. So you flip it over, they got talented back. Uh, I think they'll figure out the quarterback thing. You know, it might be Jordan McLeod. Who, Who knows? I think everybody will have their moments and have had them. Uh, tight end, they're probably not what they want to be yet in terms of, you know, they, they probably want to be the tight end room at Washington, to be honest with you. Find a better looking group in, in the country than that. Receiver, they're fine, right? Do they have like a dude? I don't know, but they've got enough guys that can play. And I go around the conference and I don't see every team that has like a true X receiver that is just a freak. And offensive line, they return everybody, which could be a pseudo issue, but to me, because uh, they didn't play great last year. But my biggest takeaway from the spring was the O-line. If you heard me on the broadcast, I kept going back to it because I really was impressed. Whatever the group was, and they split up the groups, there weren't a ton of missed assignments, man. They weren't road grading, but, like, you didn't see bus left and right. So, I, again, I go to the coaching. I think the want to. I think the players clearly want to impress the new staff. So, I don't think this is the worst team in the league dramatically. You know, I, I, I think that's what we thought last year at the end of the season. And that's fair because nobody lost like that in, the, in this conference last year. But, you know, overall, I think Jed is he's tracking, man. Like the way they're recruiting, the way he's going to build, the way the portal is. I don't think it's going to take as long as one might traditionally say when a head coach gets hired. 
Let me ask you a little more about the quarterback position, Yogi. You, you touched on it. Uh, Jordan McLeod obviously hasn't arrived yet. I thought Gunnar Cruz looked sharp at times during the spring practice. Uh, you got to see more of him than I did. I wasn't at the, the other practices you were at earlier uh, during the week. Uh, your overall take on the quarterback position, and could Jordan Cloud, McLeod possibly be at a disadvantage because he wasn't part of spring practice, or is that not a big deal in your opinion? Oh, no, I think it's a disadvantage for sure, and it should be. I mean, if you're these two guys, you should be light years ahead of them. And at the end of the day, I think they're going to play whoever gives them the best chance to win, right? And to me, that comes down to not hurting yourselves. You know, do you know where to throw the ball? Do you know where to check it down, right? I thought both of those guys did a really nice job, right? You saw the little check down of Bam Smith uh, out to the left, um, or Michael Wiley. I, I can't remember who, who it was, but it, it was impressive. I, I, I don't know, though. I, don't, I didn't come away being like, I know who the quarterback is. You know, I watched the two-minute drill Thursday night, and Will Plummer went boom, boom, down the field. And it was like, whoa. He might not, like, physically look the part of the position. He's not, like, uh, dramatically imposing when you kind of think of that position in a pro-style offense. Uh, but, man, he was moving the ball. And then the very next drive, here came Gunnar Cruz right back. And I hated to flinch. Beautiful, uh, you know, little dig route to his left. Um, you saw them both flash, you know, when the lights were on, proverbially in the spring game. And then Jordan McClellan has shown that he could do it. I, I think it's going to come down to who can play the most efficient and do they need someone that can create, right, if things are breaking down. So I, I don't know. Um, I can't wait to find out. We're going to find out also, like, I don't know if the rules have come out yet, but spring or fall, training camp practice rules may be adjusting. Right, was how many padded practices, how many live scrimmages. So I, I'm really curious how this thing kind of gets sorted out. And, you know, they'll go with somebody. But I, I think it's going to be so hard to tell because nobody has any game tape except Jordan McLeod in a completely different system. My last question for you, Yogi, and we really appreciate your time. Uh, the whole show, everything that the Jed Fish and the Arizona football put on last weekend, I know you're connected with a lot of uh, you know, top recruits that are interested in various Pac-12 schools. Is this something that you think like, will turn recruits' heads and say, hey, maybe I should give Arizona a second look? Or is that something that you, that you know maybe is already happening among some recruits? Or is it really not that big a deal? No, it's a big deal. I think recruits are all about what just happened. And, and I, I'd be curious about this question I'm going to ask you. But if you went and asked – the top recruits in 2018, 2019, last year. Hey, where did Gronk go to college? Right. How many yeah. do you think would have known? Honestly. And, that, and isn't, isn't that an, I, I don't want you to, you to you know, throw any other coaches under the bus, but how does a university not utilize those guys? Why did it take someone, like it takes so long for a guy like Jed Fish to come along and do it? Well, I think the stars had to align as well. Like Gronk even said, you know, I sat down and interviewed with him and uh, it's a hilarious interview. I, I hope they just put the whole thing out on YouTube. Um, but he's, he's like, I've been back in a decade, but my schedule never really allowed for it. Okay. Right, so we don't know if Rich Rod or uh, Kevin reached out to him or not. I'd assume so, right? We'd hope so. Um, but I think also, you know, and, and Teddy said this, he said when Bill Belichick called and said, hey, I, like, this is the guy, that, that's all he needed. Right. And when Jed got the job and went into Coach Belichick's office, Bill said, OK, who do we need to call? Oh, we need to call Teddy. We need to call Gronk right now. Let's get him on board. Right. So I, I just think the timing of it all worked out um, for, for all of those things to happen. But to answer your question, yeah, recruits are feeling it, man, because what do recruits want? They want to play well. They want to have fun when they get to the league. Right. Or, excuse me. They want to play early was the first thing I meant to say. They're going to have the opportunity to play early. 
they're going to have a great time. That's Tucson. I mean, every recruit knows it's, it's a great college experience, right? I just had Khalil Tate on my podcast and I said, why did you go to Arizona? He goes, cause of campus. It wasn't like scheme only football. Like they let him play quarterback, of course, but he's like, I went to a place that I fell in love with the campus. Teddy, same thing, right? It's the famous quote when his dad said, why'd you, why are you going to Tucson? He goes, have you ever been to a party at, you know, at Arizona? Um, and, and then I think on, on a serious note though, the NFL, 55 years of NFL experience. Like you can't sell that hard enough and they're, and they're working it and it's real. And that's why I think the receivers came back from the portal. Right. And I, hopefully Majon Wright shows his way back to training camp because I think he could be a difference maker for this program. So I, I think they're tracking, man. I really believe they're in the right frame of mind. I think they'll, if I'm them, if I'm running recruiting, you take a couple shots at huge guys, but really you try to go get dudes that, you know, we're going to go to, you know, UCLA, um, we're going to go to, uh, Washington state, like just get, get inroads in California, right. Protect your state. Like they've done, uh, versus becoming a second for every five-star or four-star recruit. Like you got to build the roster. And I know Jed's doing that. And that's how they do it in the league. It's not just about always best available. It's about the needs that you have. So they're, they're on the right path. And, and I got to say this lastly, the support staff is awesome. Matt Hayes' group, they are so dialed, right, from recruiting, evaluation, the people that they have on that staff and that department, they put it together where they got a chance, man, you know, and Dave Hickey and obviously Dr. Robbins, like, they've given them the resources they need to compete. It won't happen tomorrow, but I can't wait to have this talk with you in three years because I think it's going to be a really fun time for Arizona football. I'll tell you what, Yogi, you give, you give great analysis. We really appreciate it. But I have to ask you one more question, not related to Arizona football. All-American Stories was great. Um, I saw a few episodes on the CW. You did, did an awesome job with that. Tell us about the reaction to that and then obviously the future for, for that project. Yeah, I appreciate the plug, man. Um, it was really a joy of mine to do this show. For those that don't know, uh, just go to the CW app and put in All-American Stories. And we went around the country in the pandemic and tried to tell stories about athletes overcoming in, you know, perceptually insurmountable adversity and they accomplish it. And you're going to see a bunch of them in the Olympics this summer. So for me, it was amazing because I needed the hope. I needed to be inspired. I needed, you know, a little bit of a pick me up. So I got it when I got to interview these people. And then when we saw these things air, it was awesome. And the response has been incredible. Uh, we're working on ideally, hopefully announcing soon a uh, second season of this series, uh, and there's some legs that will spin off to it. And for me as a storyteller, it, it allowed me to really go deep with people. So even when I got to campus and I sat down with Jed Fish, his wife, Amber Fish, Teddy, Gronk, like it sharpened my skills in that regard too. So hopefully you feel a little bit of the ethos of that project along anything that I, that I get to be a part of. Well, you certainly do many things, including that project. And, and as a great analyst for Pac-12 Networks, we really appreciate your work on the air. And of course, joining us on the podcast for the second time. And hope to do it again as football season gets closer. Thanks again, Yogi. I'd love to. All right, Shane, our buddy, uh, Corey Leff, who has joined the, the program a couple of times, he tweets, at John Wall Street, there was a video of, uh, of Willie Tuitama and Rob Gronkowski at Arizona Stadium. And he writes, Corey writes, Rob deservingly gets all of the national attention, but fans of the program know it was Willie Heisman who was most instrumental in turning it around post-Makovic. And with that, we welcome back to the program, 
Willie Heisman, or as we like to call him, Willie Tuitama, uh, joining us here on Wildcat Country. Glad to have you back on. And, Thanks for uh, having and me, fellas. First of all, is that a nickname you, you've heard, uh, you know, back in the day, you used to hear that, Willie Heisman? Uh, maybe way back in the day, yeah. Oh, yeah, I haven't heard that in a long time, but... but uh, I just want you still, I mean, you got fans still out there and, and Corey's a good dude. And so, uh, you know, it's pretty cool that he calls you that. So we saw these, uh, these videos of you throwing a Gronk at Arizona stadium. What a surreal weekend that had to be for you back on campus. Oh man, it was awesome. I mean, um, you know, just starting off, you know, I think we started off with golf Friday morning and I mean, there was probably about 60, 70 guys out there. So just that alone, you know, um, was a great start. I mean, I played with, Antoine Kaysen, uh, Jason Argos, Travis Bell, Yaniv Barnett, big Evan Britton. I mean, like we had a six of them out there, you know, and we were just hanging out. Um, but it was just good. You know, it's one of those things where back in school, nobody ever golfed, you know. So now uh, it's kind of a thing now. And so all these guys are getting into it. So it was fun to get out there and compete a little bit with the guys again. Willie, I know uh, when I uh, reach out or get back in contact with my college friends, it's like, time didn't really go by. It's like we haven't talked for years and we pick up right where we left off. Is that how it was with some of those guys? I'm sure you hadn't talked to for years. No, that's exactly what it was. It was funny because um, actually Travis Bell is the one that told me, he was like, man, it's funny seeing everybody in their thirties acting like we're 18, 19 again, you know? <laughs> and uh, that's just kind of, kind of the way it is when everybody gets back together. So uh, is it the same old Rob Gronkowski that you remember? No, it's the same old Robbie G. Oh yeah. That's, that's Robbie G, his brother, Chris. I mean, you know, um, to have to have Gronk and Teddy come back, you know, for a weekend like that was huge for the program. I mean, you know, those are two of the biggest names that have ever came out of the program. And obviously they have done so well beyond beyond Arizona Stadium, you know, um, and having those guys back just really created a buzz. And I mean, the one thing that 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 I kind of took away from the whole weekend is just coach fish is coach fish is real you know i mean it's uh it's very genuine who he is what he preaches uh just what he's all about and you could you could feel the energy for sure were you your, real quick eric before you get in your, yeah. your next question i'm sorry i just gotta ask were you there for gronk's uh, uh world record catch um i was i was next door in the uh the indoor facility because that was my first time ever being there so right. i was I was taking that that whole thing in when he was doing the thing on the field. Yeah, what a, what a moment that was! Uh, tell us your impressions getting to to meet Coach Fish and talk with I'm sure members of the coaching staff. I mean, are, would you say the players are in pretty good hands now? I think the players are in great hands. I mean, it's just you know um, talking to some of the guys. They 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 all have a different attitude now. You know, um, I talked to for instance, I talked to Anthony Pandy last year. Um, when the season was over and just kind of his thoughts on the program and this and that and talking to him in person, he's, he, you know, just the whole vibe of it just feels different. Um, and it's one of those things that just being there, you could feel it, you know, there's, there's definitely a different buzz going around right now. And the energy, like the energy there's amazing. And so just to, to, to see it in person was a really, really good thing to see. Uh, talking to coach fish a little bit, talking to coach Jimmy D, um, coach pow, pow, you know, and running into coach Kish, who was there when I was there, who was there. I mean, that really? was awesome oh, being Tim able Kish to see back. him. Really? Coach Kish, coach Kish is back in Tucson. He lives in Tucson now. So mm. for him to come back, you know, it was just really good to see him. He was one of the guys that helped recruit me. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, so just catching up with 
with those guys and catching up with all the old teammates, man, it was, it was a hell of a weekend. All right, so we talked to Yogi Roth earlier, and he told us about a moment where all of the ex-players in the current team were in the new uh, football practice facility, and Brewski and Gronk were giving speeches. And Brewski at one point, you know, told the players to turn around and look at the alumni and say that said something about having their back. Can you tell us about that moment, and you know, just you know what, how how much that meant to you and and the other players? Oh yeah, man. I mean, um, you know, it's one of those things where all of us that were there, we still love that school, you know, and Teddy actually made a, a great point. He said, it's going to be the hardest on the current players now because, you know, they're trying to bring the program back to life and that's not easy to do, you know, but he also let them know that all of us guys that were behind them, we got their back, you know, and um, it was a really strong message, I think. And I think the players felt it and they felt, they felt our presence, um, there as well so I want to ask you about some of those current players Willie but before I do you mentioned uh, getting a tour of the new facilities I'm sure a lot has changed I'm sure there are parts of that campus or, or around the stadium do you uh didn't recognize uh what did you were your big takeaways from getting the tour of the you know, Lowell Stevens and new practice facility and everything that's there now I mean I just think it's awesome I mean it's uh it's one of those things where you have to do that now to compete you know with right recruiting and everything else because that's just the way that it is now you know um it's all about having top-notch facilities locker rooms weight rooms things like that to help attract kids um and i mean that indoor facility was beautiful you know i mean if we had that when i was there i mean honestly i don't know if we would have been as tough as we were just because we're used to that sun out there and you know grinding in the heat but man i tell you it would have been nice to have it in the summer that's for sure let me ask you about some of the members of the current team. Did you get to know any members of the team at all? And I'm sure you took in the, the spring game. Any big takeaways as far as maybe guys, from your perspective, we should keep an eye on this coming season? I mean, there's only so much that that we could see in one game, you know, in a spring game, especially because spring game is very scripted. You know, right. it's one of those things where you're not, not really trying to show a lot because you know that people are watching. It's on Pac-12 Network, things like that. Um, but, you know, some of the QBs look good. I thought uh, – thought Plummer looked good. It was nice to meet him and talk to him a little bit, you know. Um, um, Gunner Cruz, he's a lot bigger in person than I thought. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, man, I mean, it was just kind of cool to like, – just to reconnect in general, you know, with, with all these kids. And, um, you know, a lot of them came up to me and said thank you for my time there. And some of them, you know, are from Tucson, and they grew up watching me, you know. So that was that was kind of – Definitely made me feel a little older. Um, yeah. Was that something you were, you were kind of wondering about, Willie? Like, were you wondering, like, all these guys are sh are so young, are any of them actually going to know who I am? And then some of you, apparently some of them did. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, not just the kids, but just Tucson in general. You know, it's one of those things. I forget how much love I get there um, and how much, you know, the Tucson faithful and U of A faithful are they're all about their school and the past players. And it's uh, just always nice to to go back and feel that energy. Yeah, it was it was just it was fun to look at. I mean, the pictures and, you know, I think Justin Spears from the Daily Star is the one that tweeted out the video of that Chris Gronkowski posted on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did that all get set up with you throwing to Gronk? And did he suggest that? Did you suggest that? And did, did that feel like just, you know, you're 15 years ago that you <laughs> were doing that? I mean, it's crazy. That was all Robbie G, man. He wanted to catch a couple balls again. And uh, we went out there and we still had the same hand signals, you know, and 
he remembered them all and I remembered them all and Chris was laughing about it and you know just one of those scenes we were just having fun and the fans wanted to see him catch some balls so why not have me throw a couple you know what's your what's your number one memory of playing with Rob Gronkowski as far as a game is concerned would it be that Washington game where you guys just absolutely ripped them apart um, it could be the Washington game. I think one of the plays that I'll always remember is against Washington State um, home game. I threw him like a little bender over the middle, and the safety took one of the biggest hits that I've seen, and Rob just ran him over. But in doing so, Rob stumbled to the end zone like three times. Um, and that's kind of how I remember Gronk is just, you know, he was always kind of kind of goofy-footed, you know, at first, just because he was so big and so young still, you know, and – uh but I mean, there's so many different, there's so many different memories of Rob. I mean, I remember the Oregon game my senior year where he just kind of dominated the entire game. I think he had 11 catches or something that game. Um, there's the UCLA game senior year with his first game back after Mono where I think he had three touchdowns. I mean, you know, he was a guy that was just a game changer. People forget he had a touchdown in both games he played against ASU as well. And I think he threw both of oh, yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it was the first touchdown in each game. And then they finally got over the hump in, uh, in 08, which is still my favorite territorial cup game of all time. Right. And uh, it's, it's actually funny too, cause, cause Chris and I were talking and my last touchdown pass was to Chris. Right. Really? In the Las Vegas bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Is that right? My yeah. last touchdown pass was to Chris. My last actual touchdowns was my little scramble that I had at the end, but yep. my, my last touchdown pass was to Chris Gronkowski. So let me ask you, uh, put yourself in the, in the shoes of a you know, 16, 17-year-old talented high school football player who's thinking about maybe coming to Arizona or, or considering some other schools. You see the display they put on last weekend. You know, Gronk has the world record catch. You know, Gronk and Brewski and all the alumni are back. It's, it's a big show. Is that something that, like, if, you, you know, if you're thinking about where you want to go to school, that, that might catch your attention. That might be something where it's like, okay, I got to put Arizona on my list or at least consider the Wildcats? I think it's definitely something that um, that will catch your eye, just having those big names coming back to school, you know. Um, I mean, you should have seen all the kids. I mean, like I'm sure you guys did, but all the kids were just so happy to see Gronk, you know, when he caught that ball, everyone was jumping on him. But, I mean, that was all real, you know. I mean, it, like that was real energy. That was, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that got a lot, lots of love for Gronk, and rightfully so, you know. Yeah, I, and, you know, I, I, I want to go back to what Corey, Corey Leff tweeted that I read at the beginning of the segment. I mean, you know, Gronk was a great player for the couple years that he played at Arizona, and obviously he's gone on to be a, a future Hall of Fame tight end in the NFL. But the, the fact that when the program turned around post-Makovic years when it was really down, you were the, the hyped freshman that came in, and you, you were the one that turned that around. I mean, that 08 Las Vegas Bowl, you know, you beat ASU, and then you go to, you know, you, you win that Las Vegas Bowl – that doesn't happen if Willie Tuitama isn't quarterback there. And that started the run, you know, next, the next couple of years with Nick Foles and, you know, having that momentum. I mean, you were the one, Corey's right. You were the one that kind of turned that around. You were a hyped prospect that came in there. And I think that, uh, you know, you were underrated as far as uh, in U of A lore. I'll tell you that. And, you know, we had, we had Keola uh, Antolin on the other week and we were talking about the good old games that, that you guys, you know, you know, played back in the day. And, uh, we agree. I mean, you guys, you are one of, as far as I'm concerned, one of the most underrated players to put on a U of A uniform uh, that does that. And, and I think you always will be. And I think you'll always be kind of a, a legend in U of A lore. So just wanted to point that out and uh, for what you did in, in turning that around. And, and let's hope that these guys can do the same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
Well, first off, thank you for all that. You know, I mean, um, I, I've never been one to be about myself. I've always been about the team and all, all my other guys. But um, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where when we were there, we grinded, you know, I mean, we, we grinded. We had dudes everywhere. Um, it was just about kind of putting it all together. And like, I think I've talked about this uh, a couple of times in the past shows is, you know, our defense was so good when we were there. You know, our defense was so good and our defense always gave us a great chance to win games. And I mean, like being back this weekend with Antoine, I was with Antoine pretty much the entire weekend, you know, um, and being back with him and just catching up and talking about stories from back in the day. And I mean, it was just, it was just great to see everyone great to catch up. And I mean, we've talked and we really hope that uh, coach fish and the staff can really turn it around. And it's, you know, it's something where it might take a couple of years. It might be year one, you know, who knows, but um, they will always have our support. That's for sure. Usually, Willie, I uh, roll my eyes at Eric's butt kissing, but I actually agree with everything you said about you. So we're on the same page. Uh, my last question for you, and appreciate to get your time again, Willie. Uh, I think it's the third time you've been on the show, and we appreciate it very much. Uh, any parallels between this year's team and the Arizona team that you sort of inherited when you came? I mean, Arizona, like you know, was in rough shape when you arrived. Uh, Mike Stoops had taken over just the year before. Any similarities between where the program is at now and where it was at then? I mean – I think it's very similar, you know, the, uh, when I first got there and part of the reason that I went there and the guys that I played with went there is because we wanted to be part of bringing back the school, you know, we wanted to rebuild it and the kids there are going through that same exact thing right now. And, um, it's definitely not easy, you know, it's not easy to change it overnight, but, um, I think that they have the right people in place and they're getting the right types of kids and, um, you know, guys that could come in and really make an impact. So so when is the next time that you are planning to be in Tucson? Are you going to come down for a game this year? Or, you know, was that discussed this weekend with the alumni? It was. Um, a lot of us are definitely planning on getting to Vegas for the BYU game since oh, the cool. last time we played BYU in Vegas was our bowl game. That's um, right. So it'd be awesome to be able to go back for that. And then we are definitely talking about whether it's homecoming or another game, but definitely getting back for a home game. So hopefully there's a good, like a good amount of us that could get back and, um, you know, j just show our support. Man, it's just amazing when we when we talked to you when when the Jed Fish hire was first made, and now here we are four months later. And just look at the look at the turnaround. We're just glad that you're back involved with the program. That you know, 220 or so of your you know former Wildcat uh, football alumni were there. It's just really cool to see. You know, we we've all seen the re the fan base has kind of rallied around, and it's just really exciting. So thank you as always for joining Shane and I. And you know, we're gonna have you on again and again. I'm sure down the road. <laughs> Guarantee you guys, just let me know. I'm very happy to do it. Really cool to talk to both Yogi Roth once again, Willie Tuitama. Thank you uh, both. Thank them both for joining us. Uh, great, great insight. Shane, your thoughts on Yogi, first of all, uh, talking about the enthusiasm around the program, how he, it, it, to him, it was almost unprecedented. I thought it was great that he mentioned that recruits really do care about this kind of thing. And so I think that that was a big goal for, for Jed Fish and the, and the coaching staff is to let recruits know this is a place to be. This is a fun place to be. Of course, the results on the field are going to matter as well, but recruits were watching. And a lot of I think some of them were, in, were there in person as well. Uh, so I, I think that was big. And then I think, again, to Yogi's point about this team isn't quite as bad as we think. You know, our lasting memory – 
like you said, was 70 to seven. But you think back earlier in the season, they, there were a couple of games that they had a chance to win. So hopefully not as bad as you think. Again, the big thing is replacing Grant Canell. And if they have a true QB one, maybe they're a four or five win team. Otherwise, I think maybe they're a two to three win team. And as far as Willie goes, you know, we talked to him a little bit after we stopped recording just now about how much it meant to him to be back with the alumni. And he said, he told us, look, if it wasn't for Jed Fish, I never would have gotten in touch with those guys again. And I'm sure he's not the only uh, former former football player who feels that way over the over, over, the over uh, 200 that were there. So it's a credit to Jed Fish for doing things the right, if nothing else, for treating alumni the way that they deserve to be treated for what they've done to the program, even yeah, if it doesn't I, benefit him personally. Right. And I think I think you're right about that. And, you know, I, I know you called me out on it, but I it, and then agreed about Willie. Willie was kind of that savior the first time around. He was the guy that the, the big name quarterback at the time who committed to the program under Mike Stoops and really kind of, you know, brought Arizona back on the map. And I'm curious to see who that's going to be going forward. I don't think the quarterback of the future is on Arizona's roster yet. I mean, the guy, the Willie Tuitama circa 2005, I don't think that player is on Arizona's roster at the quarterback position. I could be I think, wrong. No, I, I, I do think you're probably right about that. But I think it's it's important to remember, as great as Rob Gronkowski has been in the NFL, and he was great at Arizona as well, he didn't play for Arizona very much. He be, we basically got a season and a half out of Rob Gronkowski. Right. Willie Tuitama was a four-year player. And so I, I agree with, with, with your buddy Corey that – that Willie was really the, a bigger deal during those years because I mean, number one is the quarterback position. It's the most important position on the field and he played more and he methodically led this team from, you know, a sub 500 program to a team that, that, that finally uh, got back to a bowl game, had that big win over ASU in 08 and, and beat BYU in the, uh, in the Las Vegas bowl. So yeah, I, I agree. Willie was more important to this program and at the time than Rob Gronkowski Certainly now, you know, nationally, Gronk is more important as far as being a household name. But Willie did more on the field at Arizona than Gronk did. So great to have those those guys on the show. Uh, really appreciate it. it. Was what a blast to catch up with uh, both uh, Yogi and Willie. But Shane, uh, today we're recording this on a Wednesday, and some big news happened in other Arizona sports today. And let's congratulate the men's golf team. Uh, winning a Pac-12 title for the first time since I believe we were in school uh, back in 2004. My graduating year, 2004, was the last time they won it. So it was their first conference title since 2004, since my senior year at Arizona. Uh, you know, making it even sweeter, they edged out the Sun Devils to win that title, the, the team title. On an individual level, uh, Brad Reeves uh, was the individual Pac-12 champion, the first one of those that Arizona has had since 2010. Wow! So congrats to Brad. Congrats to Coach Jim Anderson the entire men's golf program. So it's uh, on now to regionals for the men's team. The uh, NCAA selection show is on May 5th on golf channel. Regionals begin May 17th. Uh, Congrats to our men's golf team on an outstanding season that will soon continue. Also want to mention our women's golf team finished fourth at their PAC 12 championships. Not too shabby either. Yeah. And remember, Remember, Shane, they were the national champions a couple of years ago. So let's see if the men's right. team can follow up. Pretty darn good when you don't you don't think about golf as really a collegiate sport, but we have really good golf teams. I mean, there's you know there's a lineage of a former pros uh, or current pros, Jim uh, Jim Furyk, one of them. Uh, Nate Lashley won a PGA tournament a few years ago. Uh, Ricky Barnes right. has been uh, has been around the tour for quite a while, so not a bad uh, list. And on the women's side, Annika Sorenstam, one of the most famous uh, uh, women's golfers of all time. Yep, absolutely. Uh, going ahead to baseball now that, you know, baseball, our baseball team, uh, Eric kept earning series win after series win, but they were sort of living by that, that song by meatloaf 
two out of three ain't bad because they weren't able to get a sweep. Yeah, I, I just made that reference. I'm sorry. Wow, okay. a meatloaf reference on meatloaf Wildcat reference country. on Wildcat Country. Well, you know they finally got that sweep last weekend at USC. Uh, Wildcats had six players bat over 400 last week, so the bats are staying hot. They've now cracked the top 10 in a pair of national polls, and they have moved to first place in the Pac-12 with a 12 and six conference record. They move on to host Utah in a three-game series beginning Friday. Speaking of Utah, and speaking of sweeps. Our softball team earned a four-game sweep of the Utes last weekend. Huge. Uh, shout- Huge. Yep. Shout out to uh, Carly Scoopin, who was named Pac-12 Player of the Week for the second time this season. She's the only freshman in school history to earn that honor twice as a freshman, joining our friend Jesse Harper, who accomplished the same feat in 2017. Uh, Wildcats will play a condensed two-game series at home against Cal this weekend, uh, shortened from four to two games due to COVID concerns with the Cal program. Our uh, beach volleyball team, Eric, is now number eight nationally. Wow. Its highest mark in four years. Good for uh, good for them. Outstanding. For and our friend Alex Parker, who so we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, is doing fantastic along with uh, the whole bunch of seniors on that team. Uh, they now head to the Pac-12 tournament in Los Angeles where they will face ASU, which they just beat in their first matchup. That matchup uh, is on Thursday at 11.30 a.m. on Pac-12 Networks. Our men's tennis team split a pair of matchups in the Pac-12 tournament last weekend. They fell to USC in the semifinals. They had a scheduled matchup against Stanford after that that was canceled due to weather. Uh, The men's tennis selection show is scheduled for May 3rd. The Wildcats are still ranked in the top 20 in both national polls. And the women's tennis team fell to Washington in the first round of their tournament last weekend. That is your weekly sports recap, Eric Cohen. All right, well, that was outstanding, as always. And let's talk before we uh, end the show about a little... Men's basketball, there have been some, there's some turnover uh, with the roster in the last week. Uh, ben Matherin decided to come back, which is great. Uh, uh, Tibet Gorner is on the way out. KJ Simpson decommitted. Uh, Shane Noel decommitted. Um, I it was Shane DeZoni. DeZoni, I'm sorry. Noel is still committed for now. You got a lot of Shanes to remember, Eric. Okay. Yeah, you and then two commits. Uh, so yeah. KJ Simpson, who we had on the podcast a while back, he is now going to Colorado. So congratulations to him. And let's hope Arizona beats him for four years. So mm-hmm. let's just put it that way. Um, but uh, Tommy Lloyd has brought on uh, new members of the staff. You got uh, a couple guys from Gonzaga and uh, one from Baylor. And what do you know about the trio that was hired today? I got to mention TJ Benson from Tempe, brother of Casey Benson. Uh, TJ was on Dan Marley's staff at GCU for a while, spent the last couple of years at Gonzaga, like you said. Uh, Benson also played uh, college ball at GCU. And then uh, Casey uh played at GCU as a uh, graduate transfer his last year uh, in eligibility after leading Oregon to the final four. Uh, so TJ is familiar with the Phoenix area. He's from there, helped recruit some pretty big names to Gonzaga in just a couple of years, including uh, Jalen Suggs and Drew Timmy. So uh, definitely nice addition to Tommy Lloyd's staff. I also want to mention the Wildcats are going to retain Ryan Reynolds, who was uh, Sean Miller's assistant AD at basketball operations for as long as I can remember. You've seen him on the bench next to Sean Miller for the entire, I think the entire time Miller's been there. Uh, Reynolds is going to be kept on as an assistant athletic director elsewhere in the department, I guess. Uh, heard great. nothing but heard nothing but great things about him and how he did everything behind the scenes for the men's basketball team, how he never sleeps. Uh, so it's good to see that he'll be retained. All right. So we've got Kirk Reese back, Ben Matherin's back, uh, Tabellis is back. Those are the big three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this club is still going to be interesting because those guys are all coming back, but I feel like, I mean, Ty Ty Washington, who I know was at the spring game, 
yep. an unofficial visit. It was not an official visit. Um, so he had no dealings with the coaching staff, and they wanted to, the family wanted to make make that clear. So um, it's pretty much getting him now or bust. It sounds like. I mean, this is this is the yeah. difference between having a team that's going to compete in the Pac-12 versus a, a mid-range team. Is that is that what you think? There are still some guys in the portal who who might be good additions, but I, I think you bring in Ty Ty Washington and he's the real deal. Like he's an instant contributor as a freshman. I think this is a tournament team. I, I think depth is going to be a bit of an issue, but you look at Creesa, Matherin, Tubelis, Jordan Brown, Christian Coloco, Dale and Terry, and a couple of other guys they brought in. If you bring in Ty Ty Washington, then I think that, you know, health permitting, that's enough to at least be as good as they were last season. I think James Akinjo is, is a big loss. I know he wasn't the best shooter, but he was a clutch shooter, and he was a guy. There aren't a lot of guys who want the ball in their hands at the end of a game, and, and will take on that load. And that's why they're going to miss. That's where they're really going to miss James Akinjo. So yeah. hopefully they, they have that guy. Now season. listen, I, I don't blame him for going to the national champs either. I mean, you know, you, I'm not going to not going to get on Akinjo's case for for not coming back. Um, you know, I get it. Uh, he he went and and did what was best for him. He gets to play on a team that's going to get extreme exposure, and and you know, good for him. I, I have no issue with it whatsoever. But Ty Ty Washington and now is way more important. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I think that's going to be the difference between making the tournament and not making the tournament. But uh, I, I I like what what Lloyd's done so far. It's been kind of low key the last uh, few days. I haven't heard specifically if Tubelis plans on coming back. I don't think anyone else has put their name on the transfer portal. So I would think at this point that everyone who has said they're who hasn't said they're going they're leaving or they're going to test the water somewhere else is probably coming back. Well, with that said, you know you listen to this podcast Thursday morning and you can have some new news. But my so guess is, is coming that, back. There, there's no I I, I have not heard his name at all. You know that yeah is being on the fence. So to have Kirk Creesa and Matherin and Tabellus, which you know it's kind of we we talked about it the last you know few weeks. We kind of expected, you know, there's going to be some roster turnover, but getting those three back is absolutely the key to future success for Arizona. And I like my final thought is I, I like what Lloyd has done with the staff as far as a mix of guys from the previous regime who know U of A, who know the area, who are going to be good recruiters, and guys who he knows from Gonzaga who are going to come in and and has that familiarity with. I think it's a really good mix of guys. I think Tommy Lane's done a good job filling up his staff. You know, we say this uh, over and over, Shane, but it's really an exciting time to be an Arizona Wildcats sports fan. Uh, football team's going to be on the rise. It can't get much worse, let's be honest. Women's basketball team is one shot away from a title. Men's basketball team looks to have uh, a nice, you know, uh, future ahead of them outside of the the sanctions uh, that are impen- that are upcoming, but we don't know what those are going to be. The baseball team looks fantastic. The softball team, I think, is going to make a run in the postseason. And, Beach and volleyball. I- Beach volleyball, beach volleyball, men's golf, women's golf. I mean, really uh, well-rounded. Uh, we're doing great as an athletic department. So congratulations to all the teams and uh, best of luck uh, going forward. But another big-time show coming up next week. Thank you to Yogi Roth. Thank you to Willie Tuitama for joining us. Uh, Shane, a lot of fun this week. Uh, for Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. As always, bear down. Bear down.